Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salam, wa ala ashrafil anbiya wal mursaleen, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in, amma ba'ad, fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, sanurihim ayatina fil afaqi wa fi anfusihim, hatta yatabiyyana an lahum annahu alhaq, sadaqallahum alihim azim. My dear respected and most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. First of all, we begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in His house, to worship Him, to glorify Him, to send salutations upon His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we pray that Allah will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future. Have you ever looked out at the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seen something beautiful and the entire creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beautiful and just marveled at the glory and the beauty of it all? Seldom do we do that? Seldom do we ponder the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet, when we consult the Qur'an, and often we talk about the Qur'an, the, the glory of the Qur'an, the knowledge of the Qur'an, the power of the Qur'an, and the fact that we must always try to read the Qur'an, the vast majority of the verses of the Qur'an are telling us to look at the creation, to ponder about the creation. To reflect upon the creation. We read these verses, but we don't apply them in our own lives and we don't marvel at the beauty of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Have you ever laid back once and looked at the night sky and seen the stars and reflected upon the beauty of the stars and thinking about the verses of the Quran that talks about the masabih? Those lamps and the lanterns that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed in the sky. Have you ever looked at the sun? Not directly at the sun. Have you ever looked out and seen the sun and marveled at the beauty and the glory of the sun? That this is a star that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about in the Quran. Have you ever looked at the moon at night when it's bright and it's full and marveled at the glory of the moon? Something again that we seldom reflect upon. And yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about them incessantly and continuously throughout the verses of the Qur'an. The verse that I just quoted before you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in surah, in chapter 41, verse 53. And we shall show them our signs on the horizons, fil afaq, wa fi anfusihim, and in themselves, hatta yatabayyana lahum annahul haq, until it will become manifest to them, until it will, be, it will become clear to them that this is indeed the truth. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran. Awalam yakfir bi rabbika annahu ala kulli shayin shaheed, and are they still in doubt? about their meeting, does it not suffice 
Is it not enough that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a witness over everything? Witness here meaning that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not only created it, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a witness and a protector of it. How often have we seen the moon and said, this is a creation of Allah. Looked at the, at the sky and how the sky has been raised as a canopy for us, how the mountains have been made firm to keep the balance upon the earth and thought this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had created. And indeed, each and every creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fulfills a purpose. Just like you and I must fulfill a purpose. How often do we reflect and ponder? The earth that we regard to be so vast, so majestic, this earth. In fact, if we delve deeper into it, we regard ourselves to be so vast and so majestic. You can look at your own bodies and how your body is made up. The different organs, the different structures, the blood that runs through your veins. Every single part of your body is designed perfectly, subhanAllah. Then you look at how many people, you just look in the city of Southampton. What's the population of Southampton? About 700,000. 700, I don't know. Wallahu alam. The brother says 700,000. 700,000 people live in our vicinity, in our community, Southampton. Southampton is a part of Hampshire. Hampshire, probably population many more than the 700,000 of Southampton. Hampshire as a county part of the country, England. Part of the British Isles, population 80, 85 million. Part of Europe, for now. For now, hundreds of millions. This entire earth that we regard so vast and so majestic, seven, seven and a half billion people upon this earth. And that's not including the animals, the different species of animals, the different plants that are alive with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single creation... We can't possibly even enumerate them. We can't even number the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just upon this earth. And yet we regard this earth to be so big and so vast. But yet what is the earth? Is the earth just not one planet from nine? In one solar system? In one galaxy? And how many other galaxies are there? Scientists still state, astronomers still state, we don't know how many galaxies there are there. There could be millions of them, billions of galaxies just like our own. This sun, this star that's the closest star to us, just marvel at the glory of the sun. How big is the sun in comparison to the earth? How insignificant is the earth in comparison to the sun? I'll tell you. 
the sun is 106 times more larger than the earth. More wider, not larger, wider than the earth. And 1.3 million earths can fit inside the sun. That's how big the sun is. 1.3 million earths can fit inside the sun. And the sun is what? Is a star. There are millions like it. In millions of different galaxies. In millions of different solar systems. And all of this is what? The creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we marvel at its vastness. And yet, when we calculate its vastness, all of this, these, these different solar systems, these different galaxies that man has, doesn't even know, doesn't even have the knowledge of, all of it still comes under this, the heavens, the seven heavens. On top of it, you have seven heavens. This just comes under one heaven. Then the difference between this and the heaven on top is 500 years. Then on top of that, between the 7th and the 6th is 500 years. Then the 5th and the 4th, the 3rd, the 2nd, the 1st. On top of the first heaven, what do you have? You have the kursi. That is described in the Quran as different from the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in various ahadith has spoken about the kursi. And let me just give you an indication of the insignificance of this creation to the heavens and each heaven to the kursi and the insignificance of the kursi to the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the insignificance of every creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to him. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam explained it for us in one hadith reported by Imam uh, Abu Dawood in his collection. And he compared, he gave the example, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam of a ring. Just a ring that you place upon your finger. And he said, think of the, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing the hadith so you can understand it better. Think of the kursi as, or the seven heavens. Let's go back to the seven heavens. The seven heavens, this entire creation, the seven heavens which includes every single galaxy, every single solar system. That's the ring. Place that ring in the desert. The Sahara Desert, for example, which is so vast, whose width hasn't even been explored. The ring is this creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon this heaven. And the seven heavens are the, is the desert. That's how vast the heavens are in comparison to this solar system. Or these solar systems, the millions of them that we have. Then compare the seven heavens, including this vast land. And by land, I don't mean just the earth. Every single creation 
of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala under this heaven, including the seven heavens above. Compare that to the kursi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these heavens, these seven heavens are like the ring and the kursi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the desert. Then compare the kursi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the kursi is like the ring and the arsh is like the desert. This is how vast the creation. We can't possibly even begin to fathom. This is what I said. When we reflect and when we ponder, we can't even possibly begin to imagine the creation of us. And then we regard ourselves to be so significant. We are completely insignificant in comparison to the vast creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a witness over everything like he says in the Quran. Inna Allah ala kulli shay'in shaheed. He's a witness over everything. He's the divine protector of everything. He's the divine provider for everything. All of this, yet a leaf doesn't fall from a tree in autumn without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nothing happens. Nothing takes place without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How often have we reflected upon that? This is why for those of you who weren't here at the beginning of the khutbah, I stated that the vast majority of the verses of the Qur'an, they talk about the creation. Reflecting upon the creation, pondering over the creation. And this is what we can see is merely nothing in comparison to what we can't. We can look through a telescope and see the different planets in the solar system so far away. Yet, just, this is just one solar system and one galaxy in millions and billions possibly of other galaxies. So insignificant are we. And this should be humbling for us. It should be humbling that we're nothing... When nothing in the creation, this cog, this machine, this creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He takes care of us, He provides for us. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't leave us to our own and let us fend for ourselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always there to take care of us. Even though He has control over, over such a wide Domain. This is why we refer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as Malikul Mulk. The, the sovereign of all sovereigns. The king of all of creation. <coughs> Yet we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be so far away. We see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy to be so far away, His forgiveness to be so far away. And yet that connection between us and through all those heavens, directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just with one sajda. <laughs> just in one sajda we can make a direct connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's all it takes. If only we understood that. You know the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa they understood that. 
They marveled over the, over the beauty of the creation. They reflected and pondered over the beauty of the creation. And that's why when a companion like Sa'd ibn Mu'adh radiallahu ta'ala and passed away, what did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam state? Ihtazza arshullahi azza wa jal limawta Sa'd ibn Mu'adh radiallahu ta'ala that the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is shook at the death of Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu ta'ala Sa'd ibn Mu'adh radiallahu ta'ala these are the companions who had attained that status that all of this vast creation every heaven is insignificant compared to the kursi the kursi is insignificant compared to the arsh we can't even begin to imagine the majestic Creation that is the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yet the arsh shook upon the death of one of, one of Allah's subjects in the companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I'm going to tell you a, a story and I just came across this story <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago. And um, this brother, this Australian brother, he was telling us of his story of how he came to Islam. This brother, he states he was always inquisitive, he was always a man of faith, yet he grew up without one. His parents, born Christians, but became atheists, brought the children up as atheists, he was brought up as an atheist. But he was inquisitive. He looked at himself and says, what's my purpose? What's the purpose of this life? And what led him to that purpose, he tells of his story that so many things happened to him. You know, his friends passed away. He had two accidents in one week. His dog passed away. He was very attached to it. Everything started to go wrong for him and he started to question his own purpose in this life. And that led him to religion. And the first religion, he states that it was natural for me to go towards Christianity and study, research Christianity, because Christianity was the dominant religion in where he lived in Melbourne, in Australia. <coughs> so he went to the church and he found out that there's not only one branch of Christianity, there are many other branches of Christianity. There's different strands of Christianity. And every time he approached a pastor or a priest and questioned them about something within the religion, they would always give the answer from their own opinions, from their own selves. They would never consult the book. And the book was supposed to be the word of God. He said, I never understood that. He said, yet I was inclined towards Mormonism. And Mormonism is a strand, the Church of the Latter-day Saints. And the reason why I was inclined towards Mormonism because they were far more strict, there was more... There was, a, there was more depth to their spirituality that they don't drink alcohol, they don't even drink caffeine. So he said, I was more inclined towards that, yet it didn't inspire me enough to accept that as, or take that as my religion. So then I moved on to Hinduism. He talks about how one of his colleagues at work was in Hindu. And he said he couldn't be. He wasn't inspired by by that religion. Also, he studied and researched Judaism. He wasn't inspired by that. He said, out of all of the religions, 
The one that I was inspired by most was, was Buddhism. So even then, Buddhism, <clears throat> it taught me how to live my life. And it gave me a beautiful life. It, 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 gives me, it gave me the understanding that life is, is beautiful, but it didn't give me anything beyond that. There was nothing beyond it. What's beyond this life? I want to know that. Because in order for me to understand my purpose, there had to have been a beginning, an end, and something after it. And Buddhism couldn't provide that for him. So there was something again stopping him from accepting Buddhism as his religion. He himself states that on this quest for this for acceptance and for this purpose, to fulfill this purpose, this void in his life, a Christian friend said to him, you've studied all of the religions. Why not Islam? Look into Islam. Research Islam. He said, Islam? Islam was only what I knew. He himself is stating Islam is something that I had seen on the television screens and that's not something to be inspired by. He said, but I thought about it and one day... I was walking past a building and I looked at the building <clears throat> and it said it's a mosque. So this is a mosque. Let's have a look. Let's go inside and see if there's anything that I could use. There's anything new that I could learn. And he goes in, he said he walks inside the masjid. He goes inside the mosque and he meets the imam who was very polite and, and welcoming. And he said, I sat down with these with these brothers and it was a Lebanese masjid the vast the majority of the community in that area were, were Lebanese and he and they were very welcoming every time he came to them they would provide him with a cup of tea and biscuits and he kept coming back and he kept asking questions he said what inspired me by them is that every time I asked them a question they wouldn't give their own opinions they would pick up this book and they would say, here's the book. Consult this. You'll find all the answers. And one day I asked one of the brothers, I said to him, why do you not give your own opinion? You're always telling me the answer from the book. Give me your own opinion. Give me your own interpretation. And the answer that he gave me took me back. He said, what is my opinion? in comparison to the opinion of Allah. What is my opinion? In comparison to the word of Allah. How could I give my opinion when this is the word of Allah? And he said, I sought permission for them to take the book home to read it. He said, I took the Quran home and I began to read. And the more I began to read, the more I was inspired by it. And naturally that's the beauty of the Quran said, one day I decided to create this spiritual feel in my home. It was evening at, at night and on a warm day, the cool breeze was coming in at night. And I decided to open the windows, looked out, I could see the stars, see the beautiful creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I lit a candle. This was something, he wanted to create a spiritual ambience. And I began to, to read. And at that moment, I realized that I wanted to accept Islam. I wanted to take my shahada. But I needed a final push. I needed a final push. I needed that final, that, that final something 
to take away that final doubt in my mind, to make everything crystal clear. And he said, then I prayed. He said, oh Allah, of this, of this book, the Lord and the author of this book, I'm asking you that if this is your divine message, if this is your divine religion, then give me some kind of a sign, anything, any small sign today, and that's it. I'm, I'm willing to jump straight in. So I waited. Anything. I looked out for, just, you know, he, he himself, he said, even if a car backfires outside, that's a sign for me. A wall, a creek, somewhere, anything. So there's absolute silence. No sign came. And naturally, I was quite devastated. I said, oh Allah, this is the opportunity. The Lord of this, this book, this is the opportunity. This is, this is it. I'm right here. I'm willing to, to jump straight into the religion. I just need a sign. Anything, even the smallest of things. No sign came. Absolutely nothing. So, sad, dev- devastated. He's about to close the Quran. And as he's about to close it, he decides that he has a few more there's a few more verses left on that page that he was going to finish. So he decides to read the rest of those verses where he had finished off. And the verses that he read, three verses, I'll read them to you. The translation of those verses are in, in chapter 16, Surah Al-Nahl, verse 10 to 12. It is he who sends down for you from the sky water, from it its drink, and with it grows vegetation for grazing. And he produces for you grains with it, and olives, and date palms, and grapes, with all the different kind of fruits. Surely in that is a sign for those who ponder. And he regulates for you the day and the night. The sun, the moon, and the stars are disposed all by his command. Surely in these are signs for the people who ponder, for the people who reflect. And he thought to himself, subhanAllah, the sign was right there. The sign was right at the beginning. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is constantly telling us. In Surah Al-Nahl, if you go and read those verses, about six or seven of those verses in a row end with, in these are signs, in these are signs for people who reflect, for people of knowledge, for people who ponder. And that's the difference. This is the reason why we're not being inspired by the Qur'an. Because we're not reflecting. We're not pondering. We're not looking at these verses and then applying them by looking at the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and reflecting and pondering on it. The Prophet sallallahu would do that often. How often do you reflect upon this majestic creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and marvel at the beauty of it? This is something, this is the duty of a Muslim. You know, you may get as busy as you are in your life. And so preoccupied with other things, but never forget to marvel on the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This vast creation, you're just one insignificant cog. And that's how you should feel, you are. I feel, I should feel that I'm an insignificant cog in this machine. Insignificant in comparison to the other creations, to the millions and billions and countless creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me and you the tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Qur'an, the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those individuals who constantly reflect and ponder over the verses of the Qur'an and reflect and marvel at the beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. وَآخِرُ الدَّعْوَانَ وَنِلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ